1: Naked torture creeps me out.
0: Um yeah, me, <laughs> me too.
1: Listen. Mm, mm. Naked torture in a war setting creeps me out. Consensual naked torture is totally cool.
0: <laughs> Your dad listens to this podcast. You
1: made me watch.
0: Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch.
1: My name is Allison Bobbitt, and I'm here with my beautiful, stunning, sexy husband, Mike Bobbitt. And Mike, you made me watch First Blood. With
0: that sort of introduction, it makes me feel like you liked it.
1: I did. You did? I did.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. It was okay. pretty good. What surprised you about it? Because I feel like last week we saw that you had a fairly good understanding of what the movie was going to be.
1: I knew that it was... Like, of the Rambo franchise, it's the one where he's kind of, like, anti-government a little bit. Like, not necessarily, but he's, like, the one railing against, like, authority. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of all I knew about it. So, this movie, I think, is an incredible commentary on what people returning from war have to deal with. Like, a lot of the stuff that happens to him, like, as he's getting harassed by the police in this small town, you know, he's having these flashbacks to when he was being tortured during the war, obviously dealing with, I think what they called at the time was shell shock, but it's PTSD. Right. And then additionally, the fact that he's just kind of transient, I think says a lot about how there's not always really a lot for people returning from war to come back to, and how I personally feel like the veteran system doesn't, or at least the military doesn't support their veterans once they're out as well as I think they could not to say that there aren't people who do certainly benefit from the veteran system. Like one of my uncles has amazing insurance Mm -hmm. um, as a result of being a veteran, but for other people, I mean the amount of homeless veterans you see, um, you know, and a lot of it is because there's not a ton of access to mental health care. Um, because of the stigma, maybe there's just a certain amount of shame in asking for help like that. But this movie, I think, oh my God, <laughs> I did not yeah. know that Sylvester Stallone could act that good. Really? No, I didn't know. Oh,
0: yeah, he's, I think because of most of the stuff that came after this for a good 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. in all honesty, First Blood Part Two is probably the last Really good early era Stallone. Mm-hmm. First Blood came out the same year as Rocky Three, and uh, you know he's a phenomenal writer, and he is. He's yeah. a really good actor, and you know Copland was always looked at as his big comeback, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's he is really good. It's a shame that he, um, and I guess shame is the wrong word. He probably likes making. Testosterone action movies. Mm -hmm. But
1: yeah, I'm sure he enjoys it. Yeah. You know,
0: but yeah, he's really thoughtful. I watched the commentary, uh, his commentary for this, Mm -hmm. and just watching him talk about the mannerisms that he uses for this character Mm -hmm. was really insightful. Where it's like, oh shit, yeah, he put a lot of thought into this character and i i like it when he's a big guy playing a small human yes like the rocky balboa character yeah and john rambo in this one only. in this
1: one yeah because he's you know i mean he's in very good shape but he's not all buffed up like he is like mm. i think i'm familiar with him you know as just being like because the movie poster that i affiliate with Rambo is I think First Blood Part 2. Where he's that's, huge yeah. and he's... The flame background and yeah. he has the head... B- the headband and the, yeah, head and the like bands on his arms. Yeah. He's, yeah.
0: And he's carrying the machine, machine gun. gun. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of what I thought he was going to look like in this, but it's not at all. He's just very... I mean, he's, you know, obviously like he's still a soldier. He's still very cut. Yeah, but it's,
0: it's funny when you think about you know, all oh, actors getting in really good shape for movies. Like, you know, this was Stallone in really good shape or like Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. where nowadays those roles are just like the nerdy skinny guy in a movie yeah. because everyone else is so jacked from whatever horse hormones they're yeah. shooting in Kamel Nanjiani to Oh, make him. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Even though I'm not the biggest Kumail fan, he did say... He did, like, post about, like, what his workout was to be in those movies and, like, what his diet had to be. And he was like, it is not sustainable. Like... No. And I think... um I actually saw a really interesting interview with, I think, Chris Hemsworth as well, where he has to go on this, like, crazy diet before every Marvel movie because he has to be Thor. Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, my body doesn't look like that all the time. No. Which fair.
0: Would you like to know some of the differences between the book and the movie?
1: I would, actually.
0: Well, the book is written by a Canadian named David Morell,
1: mm-hmm. and Oh, a Canadian wrote this? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: And it was actually shot in Canada, too. It was shot in British Columbia. Hope, oh. British Columbia. Okay. Standing in for Hope, Washington, I believe, or Hope, Oregon, or wherever it's supposed yeah,
1: to be. Yeah, whatever. West. Pacific Northwest. Yeah.
0: Um, I... Read this novel, okay, and was really into this book series POWMIA and uh, yeah, like I was like Vietnam, that one man killing machine. How old were you? Early eighties, so like
1: like early teens, ten and yeah,
0: early teens. Twins, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, all right. That's interesting.
0: It wasn't until years later that I realized how. Homoerotic and sadomasochistic—all this oh, stuff is no. because they all involve the hero being stripped naked, bound, and tortured. Like in the book for this Rambo, like I was. And what made me think of it was when we were watching the scene in the police station. I was mm-hmm. like, "Huh, I remember that being a lot more graphic." Because in the book, it is like way he's more graphic. Completely naked. Which he is when they shower him. But yeah, like they. But you just gra- see his butt. Yeah, like... they graphically describe like everything that they're doing to torture him, and then he flees the police station after killing everyone, well, not killing everyone, but he Beating does slight one guy yeah. open. Like he flees naked, and he's like nude riding the motorcycle through the city, and you know that he's naked wow. to you know the whole beginning of the book. So it's kind of funny. Like we're watching the HBO Max staircase
1: yeah series
0: yeah and it's kind of funny that these were the type of books that michael peterson wrote
1: oh shit they were weren't they yeah and i'm like oh yeah
0: yeah no that makes perfect sense
1: yeah because he's bisexual so Mm -hmm. not that being bisexual means you write a lot of stuff but just yeah that seemed to be his thing kind of
0: yeah so uh (laughs) <laughs> that was an interesting part of my childhood.
1: <laughs> that is very interesting. I mean,
0: it does explain a fetish or two, doesn't it?
1: It does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm fine with it. Like, we won't
0: go into this any further. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> Sheriff Will Teasel in, has clear motivations in the book. He is a Korean War vet okay. who's just pissed off. That all the Vietnam vets are getting all of this press and everything where the Korean war vets, they didn't get all this, you know, people are being mean to us and everything. Like, he's just, um, he has like war envy.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like, Korea was in like the 50s, 60s. Yeah, 50s. 50s, yeah. Yeah.
0: That explains why he has so much animosity towards a Vietnam vet. That
1: actually is something I sort of wish they would have covered in the movie because it's just kind of like, what is his problem? Because he just sees John Rambo and he's wearing his army jacket. Like, you know, it has his name and, you know, the flag on it. Like, it's the green jacket that, you know, you get. Mm -hmm. So he's obviously a soldier. In the book,
0: too, Rambo is, like, more, like, he has like a full beard and Mm -hmm. looks more grisly and homeless. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so that's, he just wants to keep that kind of element out of his small town, which he does have those lines in the movie, but it's like, I don't know. Stallone's kind of clean shaven and (laughs) his clothes are clean. And yeah,
1: he's just kind of got shaggy hair and it bugs me that he's like, you know, looking like that, wearing that jacket kind of thing that he sort of says where I'm like, what is his, like, you can see that he's a veteran. Like, what is, why are you so mad at him for just being in your town? Yeah. That didn't seem as clear. But when you say that, that he was just very angry about the the Vietnam vets. Right. That makes a lot more sense as to why he went after him so hard.
0: And in the book, he repeatedly takes Rambo out of town and Rambo comes back in. So that. Not just the once. Yeah. Okay. But the movie does an interesting thing with him that. I really like our first introduction with him. He's coming out of the police station, mm-hmm. and he has a nice little exchange with a woman and her kid. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a you know happy, smiley guy. Yeah, and he isn't really super aggressive towards Rambo.
1: No, really, just until Rambo's like,
0: "Is there any love? against the guy getting a bite to eat around here?" And he's like, "Yeah, me."
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's not
0: really aggressive until. He drops Rambo off on the other side of the bridge and then Rambo comes back. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's
1: not aggressive. He's just kind of condescending, you
0: know? Here's where you're going to kind of not dig David Morrell so much. Okay. He wrote this after interviewing a bunch of Vietnam vets and learning about PTSD.
1: Uh And
0: he's like, oh, so like if you hear loud noises, you dive under a desk and everything. Faster. I could make a story about a guy who becomes a monster because of PTSD and then he just becomes this relentless killing machine because in the book during after the police station scene, Rambo loses all of his humanity and just starts killing cops and National Guard and civilians, where in the movie, he doesn't kill anyone.
1: No, Mm no. Yeah. No, the only person that dies is the is Galt, the deputy because he
0: takes off the safety harness to
1: lean out of, the, lean helicopter. Out of the helicopter to yeah. shoot at him, even though he's like hanging off of a cliff.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like so, that
1: guy dies. It's his own fault that he dies. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, David Morrell kind of exploits mental illness. But like you were saying, back then it was known as like shell shock mm-hmm. or post-trauma stress and they yeah. didn't really have ptsd no as a medical diagnosis
1: no like and they one. really didn't take it as like yeah. a mental illness they were like just you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah. you know get you know get over it
0: and also the book was written in 1971 it took oh, 10 years
1: wow for
0: this to get adapted and we'll go over um, who
1: adapted it to.
0: Um, I, I I'm blanking on their names right now. Oh, it's okay. But uh, two foreign producers who mm-hmm. actually ended up making a fortune because they kind of hacked the system and found a way to make a ton of money selling the rights individually instead of doing like, a okay, you get the overseas rights and the video rights and the television rights. Like they sold overseas rights to one company, television rights to one company, oh, cable rights to one nice. company. So they made a fortune and they were like, I think we just invented a business model here. Good for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really, really smart. Movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the book also ends with Teasel and Rambo shooting each other. Mm hmm. And then Troutman coming up and just putting a bullet in Rambo's head. mm Yeah.
1: I do like that he has the opportunity to kill Teasel, and Troutman comes in and is like, Don't Don't do it, John. Yeah, don't do it, John. He's like, don't do this. Like You're not someone who just kills innocent people, even though Teasel's not necessarily innocent. I mean, he's- He's doing his job. He's doing his job, because, I mean, he is pursuing him- because of you know he committed a lot of assault, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot of assaults. You know he he was breaking a lot of laws. He didn't kill anybody, but you know he doesn't necessarily know that. I mean, by that point
0: in the movie, he's blown up. You know what is it like a gas station or something? Like
1: yeah, but you can tell yeah. they're all closed. Like yeah, there's but no, still, it's but a yeah, lot it's of... a lot of arson and like malicious destruction of property, and you know like he's he's in some trouble. So Teasel's doing his job.
0: There's an alternate ending and a couple deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. There is an ending where after Troutman comes in, Rambo has a breakdown and he's like, "I got nothing left. You took everything away from me." <laughs> and then uh, he's like, "You gotta, you gotta put me down. You made me. You gotta take me out. It has to be you." And then uh, <laughs> Troutman has his gun out, like aimed at his stomach, and he's just like. Uh, I can't do it. And then Rambo like grabs his hand and pulls the trigger. And then it's a cheesy slow motion, like against the cabinet. Yeah. And, oh, down on the floor. And uh they tested that ending. Yeah. And audiences were like, no.
1: No, you want him to survive.
0: Yeah. And that ending was shot so strangely that it would not have worked. And then um one of the other things that would not have aged well because like, overall i think this movie shot in a way that it's aged very well
1: it has aged very well yeah
0: there is a flashback scene when he's at the fire that for some reason he flashes back to being in a brothel in vietnam and he gets a sex worker and then it kind of goes into a play that funky sex softcore sex scene with a uh, vietnamese playboy
1: playmate Interesting,
0: mm-hmm. They keep cutting back to like present day of him just staring wistfully in the fire in the cave, and it's like, Is he jerking off?
1: <laughs> like, mm, yikes,
0: so I, I'm glad that those scenes were gone, and yeah, there's a whole lot more that's like this movie was originally three and a yeah, half, yeah, wasn't hours. it
1: crazy long? And like the first cut he saw, he was like, This is terrible, yeah. Who recut it? Was it him? or? um, I think he he
0: insisted on it. Like, he was such a big star at the time. Yeah. But Troutman was originally cast as Kirk Douglas. And Kirk Douglas actually did a day on the movie. And then, because he was the big star. And to the point that Drew Struzan, who, you know, does... Yeah, yeah, does the posters. Yeah, every Spielberg poster and, you know, a lot that... Oh, God, I, I still... The red poster of the Darth Vader helmet for Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Or is it the Return of the Jedi poster where there's just a little tiny image of Luke and Vader lightsaber fighting? Mm-hmm. Getting to see that artwork in real life.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
0: so Drew Struzan did a poster with Kirk Douglas as the big face on it and then a little Sylvester Stallone at the bottom. That's
1: so weird. The movie's called Rambo. But, well, no, it's called First Blood. You're right. Yeah.
0: But after the first day, Kirk Douglas was like, I think there should be an ending where uh, Troutman kills Rambo and then he drives away and he puts like Rambo's headband around his rear view mirror, like a trophy hunter. And everyone's like, no, no. And Kirk Douglas was like, okay, hold on one second. And he went and got in his car, went to the airport, and left the set
1: wow yeah so he's kind of a dick huh Eh, yeah well i mean i guess a lot of it you know actors sometimes a lot of the time have very fragile egos so i can see them all him thinking he had this brilliant idea and everyone there being like no and him being like well i refuse to work
0: and you know in fairness to kirk douglas he he made the right choice I mean, that ending would have been terrible, but he also kind of was responsible for rejuvenating a lot of careers of writers and, Mm -hmm. you know, during like the blacklist period. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So I can see why he probably got to the point where a lot of people weren't necessarily telling him, "Ah, you know, that's not a great idea.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing no was probably not a thing he heard very much anymore.
0: I haven't had anyone tell me no in ages. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I, I do think that Brian Dennehy is fantastic mm. in this role. Um, oh, yes. Additionally, I stand by my statement that I said where you could definitely make a drinking game out of how many times Brian Denne- Dennehy says, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like every other word is, God damn it. Yep. God damn it, man. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, you could get hammered playing a drinking game for that.
0: Um, Stallone does have a story where he talked to Kirk Douglas years later, and Kirk Douglas was like, my ending was better, more artistic, but your ending, it got you a franchise and a billion dollars. And Stallone was like, uh, yeah, you know, but a uh, billion dollars, billion dollars, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, thanks for nothing.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah still holding on to that. Yeah. It's a better idea. <laughs> it's so, so
0: it's weird. funny like Stallone said that he always felt that Rambo shouldn't die and mm-hmm. the director and everyone involved with it was like, "Yeah, but remember what makes Rocky great is the fact that Rocky loses at the end of the first movie." And Stallone was like, "Yeah, but you know, Rocky can come back." <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean, he he did have a point, but the fact that they did shoot and test screen the ending where Rambo died makes me kind of wonder. I mean, maybe Stallone did always want, you know, maybe they had both endings shot, you know,
1: my Um, feeling about like whether or not Rambo should have lived or died. I definitely think he should have lived because... Even though he's a broken person, you don't want to see him completely destroyed. Like, you don't. Yeah. You don't want to see him die. Like, that would just be, that would make the movie suck. perfect yep. uh, That's my opinion. Oh, yeah. By having him, you know, like, obviously he's arrested and he's being taken to jail at the end of the movie. So you're like, okay, well, he's about to see some consequences for what he was doing. Yeah. But, like, it's not a fairy tale ending, but it's sort of hopeful. Because he has that whole breakdown where he's like, how am I supposed to forget? You know, my friend, I watched him get blown up. You know, what do I do? Like, how do I live? He has this breakdown and then he doesn't die. Here's where
0: I agree with you, but maybe not 100%. Okay. First of all, Stallone passed on the role because... Like I said, this has been in development for 10 years mm-hmm. and so many people were attached to play Rambo. One of the people, Al Pacino.
1: Oh, wow. And. I could kind of see it, but I yeah. like Stallone more still.
0: Yeah, Stallone and Pacino definitely in this era have very similar faces. And yeah. those big brown.
1: Big brown eyes. Like, like puppy dog eyes.
0: Yeah. yeah. But the end of Dog Day Afternoon makes me think, you know, maybe Rambo dying wouldn't have been the worst ending.
1: In the, the world. Well, they don't both die in Dog Day Afternoon. Only um, Kazal.
0: I thought Pacino died and Kazal lives.
1: No, Kazal gets shot in the head, oh. and Pacino lives.
0: Oh, okay. I got it. okay. I need to rewatch Dog Day Afternoon.
1: <laughs> it's been it's been a while since I watched it, but it was one of those. I remember someone died. I just remember because he was the much more like soft spoken one of the two that it was that's why it was so shocking that he died because you were like, why did
0: they kill him? Oh, you know what I'm thinking? Carol Kane. <laughs> oh my
1: God. How dare you, sir. Yeah. How very dare Carol you. Carol Kane
0: also considered for the role of Rambo.
1: How <laughs> very dare you. Yeah.
0: Um, uh... But I, I kind of would have liked that because the beginning there's when he finds out that his last, last comrade you know Mm -hmm. platoon member died
1: like he just leaves
0: like there's so much symbolism of that's when all of his humanity and hope is just gone Gone. he leaves the picture with that woman Mm -hmm. and he takes it and as he's walking away he just chucks his address book away
1: yeah it's so sad
0: yeah like, he's just obliterated as a human being. So it's almost like, well, what does he have left? You know?
1: Yeah. It, it's pretty clear he doesn't have any family left.
0: It kind of reminds me of, and maybe we've told this story on the podcast before, where we were at the rental car place as we were leaving L.A. Mm-hmm. And there was a person that needed a ride to the dealership before us, and the dealership was going to close.
1: Yeah. But we were in line, But we were, yeah,
0: quote unquote, in line before them. And we were like, no, go. Like, we're not pressed for time.
1: Yeah. And we had like two more hours.
0: Everyone there was like, what? You're going to let someone? And we are like, yeah, you know what? L.A. didn't ruin our humanity. Yeah. So what I think would be neat about that ending would be that Rambo doesn't kill anyone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even though he has nothing left. Yeah. So... While the army made him a monster, Mm -hmm. they didn't strip him of all of his humanity and compassion.
1: Yeah. But then again, like Stallone said,
0: he made a billion dollars. That's
1: true. I mean, yes, obviously having him live opens the door to sequels and, you know, a franchise, but... I mean, it's also one of those things where, like, in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, when um, Sam Rockwell's character doesn't die. Mm-hmm. He could have died. I mean, he's kind of a piece of shit through the whole movie. And he's, you know, finally kind of getting, you know, to a point where he's okay. You know, he's he's trying to do the the right thing. He might die right now in this fire. But he doesn't mm-hmm. and he has this opportunity to do better yeah N- that's i not- guess
0: if the following first blood movies had gone a different direction that could have made things better yeah and actually in thinking about first blood part two more it kind of stays on track and it isn't really till first blood part three mm-hmm. that everything just kind of falls to pieces falls but like i said stallone passed on this because it had been in development for 10 years mm-hmm. which kind of explains the math of why he's uh, you know about 10 years too old to play <laughs> this role yeah if you do the math of wait when were you in vietnam
1: <laughs> like, yeah
0: yeah if this had been shot in 71 that would have made more sense You know, Stallone was born in 46.
1: Yeah, he
0: would have been more age-appropriate.
1: But, I mean, he does have a youthful-ish look.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, he felt that the role was cursed. Because of how many people... Oh, had... Yeah. Yeah. This is how they ended up getting him to do it, though, because they really wanted him in it. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, if you don't want to be in it, you're such a great writer. You were nominated for an Oscar for Rocky. Is there any chance you might take a pass at the script? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you can do that. So he was, you know, did a pass on the script and made some pretty significant changes to it. I Mm -hmm. think he's the one who was like... Uh, maybe he doesn't need to kill anyone. And they were like, yeah, that's great. And mm-hmm. then he was like, oh, I can relate to this guy. <laughs> maybe I should play him. And they were like, what? Yeah. yes, yeah,
1: that's, that's exactly. a great idea. That's a great idea you had, <laughs> Mr. Stallone.
0: <sighs> Do you want to play a game? I'll name people and you tell me if they were considered for Rambo during the 10-year uh, development. Yes. Okay. Say yay or nay. Uh, Al Pacino, we've already gone over. Yes. Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro. Yay? Yes. Also, by the way, Pacino wanted the role to be closer to the character in the book. Yikes. If not more violent. And they were like, "Uh, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Little.
0: One of my favorite actors from A Star is Born, Chris Christopherson.
1: Yay?
0: Yep. Okay. Paul Newman.
1: Nay. Nope,
0: he was considered too. Really? What about Clint Eastwood? Nay. Nope, he was considered.
1: Oh my God.
0: Uh, You probably don't know this actor because he died in the 90s, unfortunately, of uh, assisted suicide because he had
1: AIDS Mm -hmm.
0: uh, from drugs. Uh, Brad Davis, he was in Midnight Express. Yay. Yes. Okay. Powers Booth, you'd recognize him if you saw him.
1: Nay. Nope, he was considered. Oh. Nick Nolte. Yay. Yep oh god
0: chuck norris yay yep
1: oh my god what about michael
0: douglas kirk's son
1: nay nope he was considered jesus
0: jeff bridges the dude yay yep ryan O'Neal.
1: oh he would have been too old right nay nope
0: he was considered wow what about jen travolta hey
1: Mr. Carter. Nay. Nope, he was considered too. Oh my
0: God. Yes, all of those people were considered.
1: That's bonkers. Yep. I cannot see John Travolta. No, I. I, Absolutely not. Like, I can't even believe they considered him for it. Like, he's never done anything action y ever. No, that's not true. Battlefield Earth.
0: Yeah, he, he did a couple action movies later in his career where he played bad guys a lot of times. Oh. Uh, uh, James Garner off. I forgot that one too uh, So that goes to show you How how long in development this was
1: Jesus, alright uh,
0: Sylvester Stallone still was like Having cold feet about doing it mm-hmm. And was over Burt Reynolds' house mm-hmm. Before he had to go film And he was like "Yeah, Maybe if I break my hand I can get out of filming this movie And Burt Reynolds was like Go, go do the movie <laughs> And Burt Reynolds was like yeah, you know, maybe I can play Troutman. And Stallone's like, oh, no way, man. You're too big of a star. I'm not going to share the screen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you like my
0: really bad impression?
1: So good. Yeah. Your Burt Reynolds impression was the best I've ever heard. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, I should play Troutman. Yeah. Why does he sound like uh I don't
0: know why he sounds
1: like, like a <laughs> speakeasy bartender or some shit.
0: <laughs> He's chewing gum though, so that oh. makes him Burt Reynolds.
1: You know what? It's because you're doing Norm MacDonald as Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <That's why. laughs> uh,
0: so Stallone doesn't feel that the character is unjustified for where it goes in all the sequels. He feels like this is an origin story of a Frankenstein monster. But Dr. Frankenstein is Colonel Sam Troutman and the U.S. Army. All right. Um, so within the context of that, you can kind of see as each movie progresses, Rambo losing more and more of his humanity movie after movie. Mm-hmm. Like in First Blood Part Two, he's in a work camp and they're like, hey, you can get out early if you go back in... Uh, get proof that these POWs are still in Vietnam, but you just have to get proof. And then he decides to rescue them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair mm-hmm. to a certain point. There's also taking into account that this came out in the early 80s during the Ronald Reagan era. And there was a thing going around called macho Christianity, where the turn the other cheek thing was kind of looked at as being a pussy oh. and that real you know christians you know it's kind of like uh the dead alive movie with the priest i kick ass for the lord oh yeah yeah and you can see kind of the christ-like images of rambo in the pow camp in this one mm-hmm. you know yeah like, like where he's, he's hanging crucified and yeah the later movies more so than this mm-hmm. are made to make war look cool draft dodger john wayne did the movie green beret which was one of the first movies partially funded by the u.s government and uh yeah it's it's a propaganda piece yeah um like oliver stone ended up making platoon because he was so offended by green berets that uh he was like yeah no that wasn't accurate at all of what Mm -hmm. the vietnam experience was wow so it's kind of no surprise that john wayne's Buddy, fellow draft dodger ronald reagan <laughs> really adopted this movie as uh you know and its rise to power during the reagan era and he would even reference rambo in speeches all the time which oh is kind of
1: like god
0: presidents using bruce springsteen's born in the usa where yeah. it's like
1: do you not
0: listen to the lyrics it's
1: like no they only hear the chorus and they're like oh
0: yeah do you remember the part of rambo where he's a broken human because the government throws him away
1: after After turning him into a
0: killing machine um (sighs) yeah Mm,
1: yeah there's a lot of that where you you (laughs) Mm, but all that is
0: lost like rambo was turned into a kid's cartoon and they had yeah, and they had toys.
1: I know that there were toys. Mm-hmm.
0: It was, yeah, very similar to the G.A. Joe cartoon. It was just, you know.
1: Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah,
0: it became a pure right-wing <gasps> propaganda machine teaching kids that war is cool, might is right, and brown people
1: are bad. That's yeah, horrifying. Yeah, it, it's no
0: surprise that... You know, I grew up in the casual racism era of the 80s. Yeah. And it's kind of a shame that there was no more Star Wars after Return of the Jedi Mm
1: -hmm. and that
0: this was the entertainment for kids my age. And Mm -hmm. it started making me think of things in that context where I wonder, how can there be so much toxic masculinity and racism and stuff like that with how all inclusive pop culture's gotten. Yeah. You know, where people are like, why do you have to have a black guy in the new Star Wars movies? What's up with that? You know? And a chick.
1: It's like, because all these people, you know, I'm Because there's more than just... White guys in in the world,
0: but in the eighties there wasn't. There, wasn't, there exactly. was Stallone and there was Schwarzenegger, and four- yeah, it was just
1: a bunch of it, white dudes. Yeah, if
0: you had a lower budget, then you had Chuck Norris. You
1: know, I mean, like, and
0: they were all killing brown people. You yeah. know, like
1: yeah, they were always killing some terrorist with a turban or yeah. you know, some Asian person. Exactly, it's, it was yeah. It, I I have noticed that a lot that it was always. foreign uh the foreign threat was always someone brown yes which I didn't really like understand because I knew plenty of brown people growing up I was very fortunate in that sense but I mean I was also just like I don't know
0: yeah I mean I think you hit the sweet spot age-wise but in that 10-year gap between us Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of people my age, you know, yeah, that person that was one of my best friends in high school mm-hmm. that posted all the racist shit on Facebook where yeah. it's like, Ew, I can't be friends with you. And if I were to take real inventory, I probably said some really shitty, awful things oh, back then too.
1: Absolutely. I I absolutely know that I've said some terrible, terrible things that do yeah. not age well. Like even just 15 years ago. Yeah. You know a lot has changed over the last couple of decades and like i'm very glad for it Mm -hmm. a lot has changed and
0: in defense of david morrell even though he kind of exploited mental illness to create the character Mm -hmm. he is deeply bummed out at what has become of the rambo character in subsequent films and he does think that First Blood is a much better movie than it was book Mm -hmm. because they did give the character much more depth. Mm -hmm. Stallone is a huge Trump supporter. And the most recent Rambo movie is he's basically acting as a human version of the Trump border wall, keeping (sighs) dirty Mexican criminals out of the US who are all portrayed as the stereotype that Trump... made them out. Oh, to just beam. a
1: bunch of like cartel murderers. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's oh my God. That's yep. so gross.
0: First blood part two did have a scene where he broke down and cried kind of like he does at the end of first blood, mm-hmm. but test audiences kind of laughed at it. Oh. <laughs> so that Stallone's like, Oh, you gotta cut that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it does have, I think the last moment of the Rambo character Staying true to what it initially was. And I sent you this little scene between Troutman and Rambo. Mm-hmm. And I want you to read uh, Troutman okay. doing your best Richard Crenna impression. And I'll do my best uh, right. Sylvester Stallone impression. This is at the <laughs> end after he's freed all the POWs and won the war <laughs> single handedly. You know, and as you uh, do. yeah, and he's no longer like he served his time. So, uh yeah.
1: Okay. You don't belong here. Why don't you come back with me?
0: Back to what? My friends died here. And a piece of me did, too.
1: The war, the whole conflict may have been wrong. But damn it, don't hate your country for it.
0: Hate it? i die for it.
1: Then what is it you want?
0: I want what they want. When every other guy came over here and spilled his guts and gave everything he had once for our country to love us as much as we love it. That's what I want. How will you live, John? Day by day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my How God. How do you live your life? Quarter mile at a time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I am probably basing it a lot on... The subsequent movies, but I ended up not enjoying this as much as I did in the '80s. Like this was my jam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I came sorry. off of
0: Return of Jedi and went straight into S- Sylvester. Sylv-
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Rambo, Cobra, like anything he did. Ugh, I was on board. But there are some moments in this that I really. Did like, Mm -hmm. like I said, that scene at the beginning when he loses all of his humanity and physically gives up everything that was important to him. Yeah. At that lady's. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I also think it was a really smart change to have it so he didn't kill anyone.
1: Yeah. I think that was probably one of the best decisions they made about this movie to make it so that he doesn't kill anyone. Like, he's not out to kill people he's just trying to live.
0: One of the things that I really loved about this and watching the deleted scenes that don't have any of this really made me see how important this was towards a lot of the feel of the film was Jerry Goldsmith's score.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: music was great and yeah. It reminded me a lot of Poltergeist because it has that sort of like haunting.
1: Yeah.
0: He also did the music for Poltergeist. Did he
1: really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. And yeah. The music was great. Yeah. Henry Golds- uh, Henry Mancini, who's a fellow film scorer, said that uh, Jerry Goldsmith was the best in the business because he was so versatile. And he was. Like, he did L.A. Confidential. Mm-hmm. He did Gremlins. That is such oh, a- Oh, like, wow. uh. You know, kind of a whimsical...
1: Yeah, whimsical, but also, like, you know, kind of zany, crazy. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, yeah, I
0: really love the music for this. He did the the score for The Omen.
1: Oh, nice. uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, I think he was nominated or won an Oscar for The Omen.
1: Oh, wow, good for him. Yeah,
0: so... Yeah. The score of this was so good.
1: I think a lot of times we don't realize like how much the score matters Mm -hmm. because there's so much of you just kind of seeing like the vastness of where he is, like walking down, you know, like a mountain road, you know, and it's just like a huge, like a big wide shot of him walking and it's just, you know, mountains on either side and just a small road or whatever that he's walking on and. You don't even quite realize it until you start to get the feels, like the tingles where you're like, oh, like the music is swelling in a certain way and it's really affecting what I'm seeing. Yeah. It is quite a talent and it, it really can screw up a movie as well. Yeah. But when it's done well.
0: Whew, now, John Williams is still my personal favorite film scorer. That's fair. But you can kind of recognize a John Williams score regardless of where it is. Like, he has certain things. He has instruments that he prefers.
1: Yes. And looking at
0: Jerry Goldsmith's scores, like, if you look at his IMDb, you'll go, like, holy shit, he did that, too? Like, Mancini's right. He is incredibly
1: versatile. That's awesome. I feel like that speaks so much to his talent, too. Like, if you can take a bunch of different stuff and make it amazing with your score very different like styles and moods and all of that. that that speaks a lot to his talent yeah that's very like cool.
0: Danny Elfman's great but a Danny Elfman score sounds like a Danny Elfman score
1: yeah it all kind of sounds like a Tim Burton movie yes. <laughs> you know like you know what you're in for <laughs> um and yeah like every John Williams movie is like well, Superman or Indiana Jones yeah. or ET, like you know, uh, trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> lots of trumpets, lots yeah. of trumpets, and some strings. Yeah, but a little bit. Yeah, mostly trumpets, a lot of trumpets. Yeah, and violins. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you like this. I really did, and I, I think it aged really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still very relevant. I just, you know, and people,
0: I I'm fine that they have different politics. Than I have, but this character, and I never thought of it before, is looking at him as a Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. Man, it could have been such a, a more interesting franchise than what it became.
1: It, yes. Yeah. It. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I definitely don't feel like I need to see the other movies. No. Because <laughs> I think this is pretty fantastic as a standalone. Yeah. Like um, I said,
0: the only other... Good one, in my opinion, is First Blood Part Two, And, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: you get the idea. Yeah. (laughs) He kills a bunch
0: of brown people. uh, Well, he kills a bunch of Asians. And then uh, he uh, rescues POWs.
1: Yeah. Hero. Well, thank you for making me watch this. I really, really liked it. And I, if you haven't seen it like me, which, I mean, I feel like I was probably the last person on the planet to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know Um, about that. But if you haven't seen it, please do. We um we own it. So we watched it on Blu-ray. But let me see where it's streaming really quick because I'm sure.
0: And while you do that, I want to do a quick thank you to Brett Hayden, who got me the Criterion Collection of Double Indemnity for my birthday. You know, we're going to have Brett on to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I went to his album recording last week. And, you know, he's... A really great comic, a phenomenal show producer, Mm -hmm. and a dear, dear friend. When we moved back, he was the first person, because we were staying at your parents' house. Yeah. And, you know, I, I felt a lot of shame of, you know, I proposed to you, asked your dad for permission, And then made you homeless. (laughs) And, you know, I felt like a real piece of shit Mm. and felt so much shame being around your parents, even though they didn't make me feel that at all. That was all on me. And your parents were so generous and so kind Mm -hmm. to open their house to us. But at the time, Brett was living near your parents and he was like, hey, man, you want to hang out anytime? Didn't even know me. I'm just a guy he ran into and heard of. Yeah. And, you know, so from day one, he's just been gracious and warm mm-hmm. and just a decent, decent human being. Yeah. And he's I a am good dude. incredibly thankful for him.
1: Aww. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because unlike Johnny Mockney, he didn't tell me that Malignant is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw Johnny twice last week and <laughs> we talked about that both times. God
1: damn. Of course you did. Of course you did
0: i I will say that Johnny has made me reconsider giving malignant a second shot. Mm, I'm good. I mean, I'm not in any hurry to do that, but you
1: know, I don't have to. <laughs> okay, I'm good. So first blood is currently streaming on h b o um so if you have h b o subscription, mm. it's streaming there. Um, and it's also available for rent on Amazon and YouTube okay. and Apple TV. Okay. Uh, it's a dollar more on Apple TV, so if you can do it on Amazon, probably. Give that money to Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Give him that money. He needs to go to space again.
0: And then leave him a comment and tell him, fuck off for ruining our child's dream of having a swing set.
1: Yeah, you motherfucking
0: piece of shit. Uh, Which segues nicely into join our Facebook group and let us know what you thought of First Blood Mm -hmm. and the character in general.
1: Yeah. Like, how do you feel about this first movie if you've seen, you know, more than one? How do you feel about this first movie in comparison to the others? Yeah. What are your thoughts? And
0: I couldn't find a Michigan connection for this, so Joe Apel, if you come up with
1: one. Let us know. Yes. <laughs> he really was. You were looking it up right before. You're like, I really, I can't find one. I was like, Yeah, oh.
0: I know he's going to do something like,
1: oh, oh well, Brian actually- Dennehy's
0: second wife. Was, you know-
1: <laughs> actually went to high school with my cousin, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. joe knows everyone somehow
0: or it will be one of those things that i should totally know and just be like oh yeah uh, you know like oh because i graduated with joe's brother paul and he'll be like oh you didn't know that uh <laughs> beth baker uh her locker was right between yours and paul's her uncle is brian denny <laughs> and I'll be like,
1: what wait what yeah, yeah.
0: I probably should have made up a name. I did go
1: to high school with the <laughs> Beth Baker. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Beth Bakers.
0: Yeah. And uh follow us on Instagram. I can't wait to see uh what sexy Rambo pictures you put up Oh there. yeah,
1: they're going to be heckin' sexy. Oh
0: man, I hope you can uh find some like nude fan art from the book.
1: Um I'm uncomfortable.
0: Until next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>